it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are back in action on the East Coast, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting once again from the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon buckling up. This country is a mess And we're going to clean it up today with help from Texas Representative Wesley Hunt. Spectator editor Chadwick Moore is in the house. And we're also going to hear across the aisle from Jessica Tarloff, who will weigh in on news that Biden is getting ready to run again. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know that we can, but if you'd like to try, 888-788-9910. On our homecoming show, everyone is welcome to attend this party. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Back on the East Coast, you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a There it is. Happy Monday. Really quick, I got to hustle through some shout-outs. If you were in Bend, Oregon, Friday night, wow. A shout-out to the whole Tower Theater. Sold-out crowd. You were spectacular. But to get into specifics, my man Bart Ferguson has been listening to this show for three years. And when he first started messaging me like, hey, I can't believe Fox hired a dirtbag like you. Now, he's always been supportive. And uh, over the course of those three years, I have always promised him that, hey, if I ever wound up in Oregon doing stand-up, we'd go out for a beer. Well, lo and behold, that's exactly what we did after the show Friday night. So shout out to Bart. Uh, It was a long overdue sleepless in Seattle where we finally got to meet. Didn't quite have the romance of Tom (laughs) Tom Hanks. On top of the Empire State Building with Meg Ryan. Uh, But we did have a dive bar right there in Bend, and it was epic. Uh, Our buddies Jared were along for the ride, uh, as well as a fine gal named Scooby. Uh, I'd shout her husband out, but I don't remember his name because his wife never stopped talking. Oh, shut up, woman. But I mean that in a good way. She was excellent. So shout out to everybody in Bend. And, of course, Saturday night in Boise was off the charts as well. The Egyptian Theater as nice as they come, it's really world-class. Mike Baker was there, Fox News superstar, uh, former CIA member, was there with his lovely wife. Uh, Barbara Polis, who went to the same high school as me, she graduated with my brother Joey. So, you know, growing up, she was one of those frisky older chicks that I'd check out. Hubba, hubba. Well, there she was with her second husband in the crowd at the Egyptian, so way to go, Barbara Polis. And, of course, Randy McCone from Elkhorn Media gets a big shout-out as well. The Elkhorn Group added us to four stations in the very beginning of this program, very much helped start the growth process that has seen this show quadruple in size since its launch. So shout-out to Randy McCone. I'll stop now before I sing Wind Beneath My Wings. But really quick, Dean Flint made a phenomenal coaster that is now on display. If you're watching Fox Nation, it is right here in the Fox Across America studio, sitting right in front of me. So shout out to Dean Flint. And, of course, Scott Spencer, who got the link man a Jerome Bettis rookie card, knowing that he's a Steelers fan, this buds for you. (laughs) 
Really epic. Upcoming gigs, Jersey, April 21st and 22nd. I'll be in Reading, PA, May the 6th. We'll be in Clearwater, Florida, May the 20th. And let's just stop the sandwich boarding right there. We can get into comedy dates later in the show uh, because we do have some real news to get to. And uh, this is the one person or persons that will not be getting a shout-out off the top of today's show. Sadly, we had another tragedy down in Louisville uh, about two hours ago. Uh, A gunman has gone into a bank. Police have told us it was either a current or former employee of that bank, uh, opened fire. Uh, Five people are dead, one of which includes the shooter. Uh, We have four additional victims who are dead, sadly, and uh, at least eight people being treated at a nearby hospital. It's a horrible story, one that we are all too familiar with. Uh, In this moment, as you know, the last thing on earth I'm ever going to do is politicize the tragedy. Okay, I'm not getting, oh, we should pass this law. We should pass. We're not doing that. Okay. This moment belongs to the victims. And if we are going to have production, you know, productive conversations about how we can help this situation, uh, they're not going to begin with an accusatory posture towards the other side. You know, there are things the Democrats do that I don't necessarily love. I'm not going to get into those specifics and say, how dare you? Just the same as I don't think any Democrat should be running to a a microphone right now to blame Republicans because I don't think it solves anything and I don't think it shows any respect or deference to the victims. So as details continue to emerge, we will, of course, report them to you. But the one thing we're not going to do is use this as an opportunity to demonize anybody other than the shooter. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? You should dig it, okay? Because the one thing that keeps happening over and over in this country is we go after everybody but the bad guy doing it. The bad girl, the bad they, the bad them, if we're talking about the shooting down in Tennessee. And it's not productive. It's basically just an opportunity to piggyback off of the grieving going on in this country and use it as momentum to advance some type of a legislative agenda. And the reason I don't really, you know, I don't want to get into it on any level is because, again, you are alienating people in a time when people should be brought together. Okay, this happened over the weekend. There was a situation down in Florida where, you know, these three teens stole a car, there was a shooting, people got killed. And, of course, one of the very first reporters talking to the sheriff went right in about gun laws. And this fella, Sheriff Billy Woods, to his credit, Marion County, Florida, it's kind of like just not having it. And I understand. Like, and this is the point we try to make in this moment. When you say, ah, we don't have a, you know, debate about guns right now. And people say, well, if not now, when people are upset, when? Well, here's a good point I'm trying to make here. Yes, people are upset. Does anything productive ever happen When two people are in a place of extreme emotion? The answer would be no. No, those conversations get more heated. They get more intense. They get more divisive. Nothing actually productive comes from the situation. So the reason you're calling for restraint is not because you're indifferent to the suffering. It's because we both want the same thing in terms of minimizing the chances of this happening again. But we have different beliefs on how we should go about doing it. So the one thing I'm always trying to do is give you the facts and then get you out of the way. Now, the police chief down in Louisville gave you the facts. The mayor then jumped in and 
made it a point to say the word gun violence like five different times. Here is the mayor. This is clip three. I want everyone in the city to know that notwithstanding tragedies like today, when multiple people are killed by gun violence, notwithstanding tragedies when individuals are killed by gun violence, our community will continue to come together. We will find ways to love and support one another and the families and friends who have been directly impacted by these acts of gun violence, and we will come together as a community to work to prevent these horrific acts of gun violence from continuing here and around the state. Now, to be clear, this is a mayor, okay, Craig Greenberg, who's grieving. I mean, he just had a horrific shooting in his city, so my heart goes out to the guy. But if you were listening closely, you did kind of hear a little bit of an agenda coming out of his mouth. I think he's got a point. And what was the focus on? Gun violence, specifically gun violence. And then he said gun violence. Here's a really quick news flash about this, okay? There's over 400 million guns in this country right now, okay? And of all of the gun owners in this country, which you could tell me is about 280 million of them, okay, none of the legal firearms owners in this country, none of them, walked into a bank and shot people today, okay? So the idea that we're going to go out and once again make this a big argument about changing the gun laws is really a non-starter. Because the truth is, okay, the gun didn't kill anybody. The gun, absent someone walking in, picking it up, and running into that bank, would have sat there where it should be in a safe space. Okay, we don't know how this person got the gun. Okay, we don't know if it was legally obtained. So the idea that we're just out here calling all willy-nilly for new gun laws, which is what Democrats do in this situation, isn't a solution. It's an attempt at demonization. Well, we want something. And anybody who opposes it, you're responsible for killing these people. No, they're not. The guy who did it's responsible for killing these people. And here's a hard truth that we keep coming back to. You can yell at me about the need to change laws in the aftermath of a tragedy. But as Florida Sheriff Billy Wood said over the weekend, okay, this is not the kind of thing you can legislate away. Here it is. Here's a sheriff being asked how this kid got a gun, clip five. Sheriff, you mentioned uh, the gun. Do we know how the, the uh, suspect got a hold of the weapon? Car burglaries. Car burglaries. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Ain't that right? All the gun laws we got in place didn't prevent it, did it? Neither will any new ones. Because here's the fact. The bad guy is going to get a gun no matter what law you have put in place. And what is he basically saying to that reporter? You suck, you jackass. Because what is the reporter trying to do? He's trying to put the sheriff in a spot where he'll make a case inadvertently for more gun control. That's what he tried to do. Sheriff, you tell us how the bad guy got the gun? Yeah, what does the sheriff say? Car burglaries. And the reporter goes, hmm. And the sheriff mocks him and goes, yeah. Mm, is what the sheriff says, shaking his head at the guy. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. And goes on to say, yes, this is someone who got the gun by robbing cars. There is no law that could prevent that. You could change all the gun laws in the world. If a car owner legally has a gun, 
somebody else steals a car, you know, robs a car and takes it from him, or if that gun is illegally in the car, someone robs a car and takes it from him, there's a recurring theme here. Criminals don't respect the law. Law-abiding citizens do. So when you go out and you talk about, in the aftermath of a shooting like this, implementing all new laws, congratulations, you might feel better emotionally, but have you done anything to actually stop criminals? The answer would be no. No. And that's why I don't want to have these discussions. We all want the same thing. Nobody wants mass shootings. Okay, we have different approaches to how we go and do it is the point. And in a moment like today, the only thing I want to offer the country is some sort of a common ground, which is the fact that we don't want this to go on anymore and that we are all sending every positive vibe we can to the victims and the families down in Louisville. Because stuff like that is productive in its own odd way. Okay, but yelling at each other instead of the actual victim is just one big, fat, giant waste of time. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, trying to hold this country together. I mean, it is a mess right now. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. It's rough. Uh, Over in Taiwan, obviously, we've got China conducting some pretty aggressive military drills. Uh, There's talk that there's a U.S. carrier fleet over there that is not, not in any way interacting with the Chinese battalion. I got a bad feeling about this. Who knows where it's going to go, but it's there's so much going on like in the world right now, you know, between the foreign policy situation in China. And of course, while I was on the road Friday, we got the report from the Biden administration regarding the Afghan troop withdrawal. That was embarrassing. And we say it was embarrassing. Why? Because they conducted their own internal investigation and decided it was Trump's fault. Not even close! Who? <laughs> what? What? Okay, was Trump the guy who said pull the troops out ahead of the civilians? The answer would be no. Did Trump give the Taliban a definitive date and announce to the world when we'd be leaving? The answer would be no. No, he did negotiate a deal to end this war and get out. But it wasn't about the fact that we were going to end the war. It was about how we ended it. Tell it like it is. And the idea that the Afghan army collapsed, going against the assurances of the Biden administration, and our troops weren't there at first to fortify the situation, and that we made a massive lapse in technical assessment when it comes to maintaining two airports as opposed to one, all of that stuff... Those were decisions that were made by the current administration. Biden is such a disaster. But when they turn around and they're like, oh, no, you don't understand. It was Trump. No, it's Trump's the whole thing. 
I get that, you know, you're trying to focus on reelection and, you know, rehabilitate your poll numbers. And I understand you can all, always cater to the subset of people in this country who just say the words Trump. You got them. They're with you. You know, well, MAGA did it. Oh, MAGA. Oh, are you kidding me? Honey, did you hear what MAGA did? Like, that's what's going on right now. There is a whole cottage industry of self-hating white people who you just got to say Trump's name, give them that thing to chew on. It's a doggy chew toy. Her. You know what I mean? You having a little bad day? Well, you heard what Trump did, right? (laughs) Right in her. So that's what they did. But you understand, I'm not worried domestically about how Biden goes out and tries to tie everything to Trump in an effort to gin up the base and get people excited. What I'm concerned with is the international, the international cost of him doing so. Because people who make strategic decisions regarding us, our assets, and our allies around the world see Joe Biden and the hand he's holding is very transparent. This is politics as usual. That's what they say every time. Oh, no, 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 don't worry. That We've got a guy in the White House that's so concerned about the political optics, we can predict how he's going to react. That's what goes on. They are not scared of us right now. Taiwan is encircled by China, okay? Putin isn't backing down anytime soon. Okay, what's going on in Ukraine would go on forever. It makes a gazillion dollars for the war hawks here in America, military industrial maniacs. There's nothing going on in Ukraine in terms of a winner. They're just fighting to a draw endlessly. So if we're so concerned about the carnage and the fact that it's inflicting so much damage on our own economy, at some point you'd think if we were honest in our interests, we'd be doing something to, oh, I don't know, end the war. I think he's got a point. But is anyone talking about how to end the war? The answer would be no. No. Because keeping the war going, oh, that pays really, really well. Money, 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 money. It's always the focus, man. So it's a concerning time because we've got a lot of domestic stuff we're going to get into in the next break. There was this expulsion in the Tennessee legislature. There's obviously this uprising as it pertains to a Texas judge's ruling on an abortion pill. AOC now saying we should just ignore the judge's ruling. AOC is a dope. There's such a dumb have-it-both-ways mentality in our politics right now. We're on one end, they're down in Tennessee being like, Republicans don't respect the process, the rule of law. And then the next breath, they're like, We should ignore the rule of law. Democrats are so full of crap. Listen, I'll give you some instances where Republicans aren't a hell of a whole lot better. But the point is, the country is a mess. And if anybody's going to clean it up, it's lunatics like us who understand the world is on fire, but will bring more people together for reasonable conversation by just roasting some radio marshmallows. So get out your sticks and meet me back here in a minute on Fox Across America. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It is Fox Across America. 
with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910. The phone number if you want to be a part of this thing. Also, the phone number if you don't want to be a part of this thing. You can just chime in. Be like, Jimmy Fallon, you suck. You know, you don't have a clue. You do all of that. It's fine. It's a radio show. Not here to win. Just here to talk. Keep you informed. Slightly entertained. That's the gig. But we got to head down. There's a lot going on today. Okay. Down in Tennessee, if you've been following this crazy story, okay, and it's a horrific story, a trans lunatic went into a Christian school, shot up the school, killed three staff members, killed three children, an awful situation. Okay, the Democratic response to that situation was we need to pass more gun legislation. Now, Tennessee had just voted as a state legislature against, against, okay, restricting firearms rights in the state. In fact, they had voted for more open carry, and they voted to give the law-abiding citizens of the state of Tennessee more rights to self-defense. Why? Because we have a lot of lawlessness going on in the country right now where people aren't even going to jail for violent crime anymore because of all of these woke bail reforms. Everything woke turns to But what happened down in Tennessee was democracy had its day. State legislature took a vote. They voted overwhelmingly in favor of the conservative approach to gun laws, which is self-defense is the right of the citizenry, and we're not going to restrict their rights and punish them for what a member of the fringe did. I consider this a commendable position, as given what we see going on right now. Okay, when I hear things like lunatic just walked into a bank and shot people up in Louisville, that doesn't want make me less likely to want a gun. Okay, that makes me more likely to want a gun. Correct mundo. Okay, so I'm just going to sit here helplessly and just hope it works itself out. Here's a newsflash when it comes to guns, okay? The guns we're trying to legislate out of society have been around in our society for the last 75 years. Okay, we didn't have these mass shootings in the rate we have them now in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Didn't have them. So something has changed in our society. I'm not saying they didn't go on. I'm saying we didn't have them at the rate we do. Something has changed in our society. Okay, there's clearly a mental illness problem. We're dealing with a society where 60 percent of people are on some type of a prescription. We're overly medicated. And yes, it's a very politically toxic time. Where one side of the aisle, and this is where the Democrats, they are legit guilty of this. Okay, if you're a Democrat listening, I don't consider you my enemy. But you have to admit and own the fact that the rhetoric on the left is really inflammatory. Like the conservative position when it comes to transgenderism is you, is you have every right to do it. You want to be trans. This is America. E pluribus unum. Out of many one, we can all be whatever the hell we want. The only reaction conservatives have to transgenderism, okay, is we do not believe it is fair for a biological man to be competing against a biological woman because we know he has a huge advantage, which is unfair to women. Okay, many people who have daughters, many people like me who don't have a daughter but are, you know, staunch supporters of women, most influential people who've played a role in developing me into who I am are women, okay, You know, you understand we find this to be a little bit of an erasure of women. So our position is if you want to be trans and you're over the age of 18, go be trans. Okay, whatever. Do what you got to do. It's fine. Great. Woo. Got it. 
okay? But we don't want women to be erased at the high school level and the collegiate level. And the only other thing is we don't want children. We don't want young children who have not had a chance to develop biologically to make a permanent life-altering decision that will require a lifetime of surgery and medication. We think that is reckless and we think that is barbaric. That doesn't mean we want to kill trans people. Okay, but the Democrat characterization of the Republican position is that trans people are under attack. They're passing anti-trans legislation all over the country. They're out to get you. And now you've got a group of people like this wacko bird down in Tennessee who on hormones more than naturally occur in their body, being told that people are out to get them, and they're having very violent reactions. Okay, and it's the inflammatory rhetoric that has made them as paranoid as they are. If you tell a group of people half the country wants to kill them, I don't doubt they're going to get a little jumpy. Okay, I've had two bookies that have wanted to kill me since I was 19. I'm still a little jittery in public. Well, hey, who? I don't know what's going on here. That, uh, <laughs> that 1995 March Madness bracket could come back to haunt me right here in this friendlies. You see that guy over there staring at me? Like, I get it. But the point is the rhetoric... In an attempt, this is what the Democrats do to get their way, is it's basically give us what we want or people are going to die. Give us what we want. There's going to be a wave of suicides. Give us what we want or people are just going to start attacking people in the street and killing them. Okay, that's what they do. And this mischaracterization has made it impossible to talk honestly. Okay, and we talk about mischaracterizations. Why? Okay, because here is Justin Jones. He is one of the Tennessee state reps that was expelled after they interrupted a legislative session with a bullhorn and denied it its right to continue. You know, the thing they're mad at Republicans for doing on January 6th, well, when a Democrat does it, A-OK. Now, again, these are elected officials. They have a right to the chamber. But it's, you know, it's a little insurrectiony. Okay, Is it, you know, as bad as January 6th? No, there's nuance to all of this. But it's still garbage behavior. Okay, his reaction to that garbage behavior is that we're standing up against a white supremacist system. Now, we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. Okay, if you go out and tell people, as Justin Jones does in this clip, that it's white supremacy that got him expelled, okay, a lot of people buy into that. They're like, yeah, uh, white supremacy. Okay, but some of the people who voted him out are black. But more importantly, it's not to say you can't be racist one way or the other, regardless of your skin color. It's to say that he is making these claims as if his own behavior played no role in the expulsion. Okay, never mind Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm no big fan, but she's been pulled off every single committee in Congress at one point. They didn't cry white supremacy. They didn't say this was the patriarchy. Okay, they just looked at her and said she had to go because of some of the rhetoric she'd engaged in. But the Democrats and their constant oversimplification of things, as this is either racism or transphobia, some type of a call to arms, they're making it really hard to have a productive conversation. Here's Justin Jones railing against white supremacy. Clip 22. We're in the midst of a third reconstruction here in Tennessee that hopefully will have national implications. But what it means is that um, this white supremacist system being led by Speaker Cameron Sexton um, is an attempt to divide and conquer us. But in reality, you see, we, the Tennessee Three, we continue to stand together because this, though their vote was racist, though their vote was to expel the two youngest black lawmakers, their attack on democracy hurts all of us, whether you're black, brown or white. It is an assault on all of us. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. 
Yes, down in Tennessee, the system is so white supremacist that they elected black people. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Do you get how impossible it is to have an honest conversation if a black elected official is telling you the system that elected him is racist? Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. But there are people out there that are still made emotional by the the race card. Okay, most people think it's hilarious at this point. It's like, oh, do me. You know, there used to be real shame in being called a racist because people didn't do it unless they had a real overt reason to believe you were racist. You know, when high-profile Democrats like Jimmy Kimmel put on blackface, they're like, yeah, it's a little racist. Joy Behar, yeah, it's a little racist. When the Democratic governor of Virginia put on his blackface and his Klan robe and his college yearbook, yeah, that was a little racist. But when someone throws you out of the state legislature for upending proceedings because you don't have the votes by screaming through a bullhorn, they're not doing it because you're racist. They're doing it because you're a jackass. But here's a little more Justin Jones. They're resurrecting reconstruction is what they're doing in Tennessee. He wants you to believe there's a comparison to be made between a burnt down southern wing of the country and what they're trying to do in Tennessee, which is the fastest growing metropolitan area in America. Okay, understand every time someone tells you the South is racist, there are more minorities moving south in this country than anywhere else in the country. You want to know why? Because it's not racist. We are so far past race in this country because we're an integrated society. Racism is a byproduct of ignorance. It existed in big numbers when we were segregated because people fear things they don't know. People fear things they don't understand. People find more safety in denying something its equal right to exist if they feel threatened by it than just recognizing the importance of equality and, more importantly, the similarities between all races. Okay, we all want the same things. doesn't matter what your race is. We all want the same things. Want to make a couple of bucks. Want to eat some good food. Keep your family safe. Okay, have a few laughs. Watch a few good movies. Maybe get a little something-something in the bedroom. I love it when you talk dirty. That's it. That's all we do. Okay, so it's very simple. The only race is the human race. We have different backgrounds. We have different ethnicities. But in 2023, more so than ever, we are so integrated as a society through our pop culture, through sports, through our politics, through culture, through food, through everything. We are so tolerant and inclusive now. We're now inventing racism. Like, do you remember when CNN was like, well, if you send an emoji that's not your natural skin tone, that's some type of racism. It's digital racism. CNN is the worst. Are they ever? Because here's a newsflash. No emoji is your natural skin tone. They're emojis. If this is where we have to go to find a racist argument, it's also a moment to acknowledge that for some people, some people, they're just never going to let us be united because they benefit from all the division. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Justin Jones is one of these people. Here he is talking more reconstruction. Clip 23. When I was an activist fighting in 2020, sleeping outside that Capitol, Gloria was one of the few representatives to come stand with us. And she stood with us, stood with us on that House floor that day. We stood to protest the lives of our young people who are being terrorized by these weapons of war on our street, She's calling for an end um, to this proliferation of guns in a state that seems to worship guns over the lives of these babies. And so um, we stand with Sister Gloria. We stand united. Um, and, and no type of system of divide and conquer will, will work anymore because we, the people are awakened. And like I said, we are resurrecting a re- reconstruction right here in Nashville, and, and it's not stopping. 
I mean, dude, come on. Shut up! Will you shut up? You're not resurrecting Reconstruction in Nashville. Never mind that this whole thing is going on. Why? Because a trans person killed three children. Any Democrats showing any consideration to them? (laughs) Any Democrats, I don't know, talking about the fact that we do have a severe mental illness problem in this country? (laughs) Now, I don't doubt some of them want to solve the problem, but for most of them, it's more about gaining a moral high ground over Republicans by blaming them for a tragedy they themselves weren't a part of. The gun lobby didn't do this. The law-abiding gun owners didn't do this. The Republicans didn't do this. But because the Republicans make up the majority in the Tennessee state legislature and they voted out two black representatives who had a session upended with megaphones, okay, the Democrat response to this is not to talk about the substance of what got these three kids killed. It's not to talk about the fact that a legitimate vote took place in Tennessee. Democracy ran its course. The people spoke and wanted more gun rights instead of less. But the Democratic response to that is to try to pin this on some type of racism. Here's Ellie Mistel on MSNBC. Now, to be clear, Ellie Mistel, I mean, straight clown. And it's he's hilarious. Like, when I'm on the road, if I have time, I will put him on in the weekends because they actually, like, bring him on just anything to say something's racist. Doesn't matter what it is. Yay. Would you like a peanut M&M? Ellie, have a peanut M&M. From the white oppressor? You know, M&M's is, is racist. You're like, wait, what? What did he just do? What's going on here? So here you can tell him anything. Today's uh, cloudy with a high chance of precipitation. How come all the clouds are white? Like, I don't know. We're not in charge of making them up. That's what he does. Which, whatever you give him, you got to understand that he's on at this point because they laugh at him. Like even the MSNBC viewers think he's funny. Okay, they turn it on to watch him turn anything into a race-baiting opportunity. And deep down, like most people listen to this and they know it's not serious. Like they're laughing at this. This is an unintelligent person. I don't doubt he probably has a bunch of degrees, certainly more than I do. But when you listen to this, this lane of thought here, this is not a, you know, this is not self-respecting, you know, thought here. This is a clown. Here it is, clip 27. There's no accounting for vitriol, Chris. There's no accounting for hate. The reason why these people, these Republicans, cannot take winning for an answer yes. is because they hate us. And like I, I I know that that like that level is is for certain white viewers kind of like hard to get your minds around, but like what the racism comes from is hatred of black folks. <laughs> How great is this? There's no accounting for vitriol, Chris. That's how he opened the statement. It's amazing. There's no accounting for vitriol, says the man who then goes on to claim Republicans hate black folks. Again, if you know this for what it is, like Fox has a late night comedy show. Okay, they have silly guys like me that will bounce around the channel from time to time and make light of the world. Okay, MSNBC doesn't want to be accused of, like, following our business model. So they just put the comedians on by another name. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy day as this train rolls on. We're going to hear from Chadwick Moore, Tennessee representative, excuse me, Texas representative Wesley Hunt in the house. We're also going to have a Jessica Tarloff sighting at the end of this. Uh, Get her out. Get her out of here. She has to weigh in on the claim that Joe Biden uh, apparently is going to run again. Biden's lost his marbles. A lot of people feel that way. Uh, One person who might have found him, he's out in South Bend, Indiana. William is on the line. Yo, William. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, You know, it's it's typical. It's actually it's just a rerun over and over. The far left, what they immediately start to do is yell and scream and try and deter the situation and get the attention. When that doesn't work, then they start yelling racism, racism, racism. Mm -hmm. I have never in my life since uh, she's been in office, uh, Harris. Mm -hmm. She's in Tennessee, yep. and she is unbelievably animated, yelling and screaming about how these two African-American legislators were thrown out all because of the same thing, that they're going to uh, uh, control their speech, and that it's all racism. And she goes down there yell. I've never seen her so animated in three years that she's been serving. Never. Yeah. But not once did she mention about— the shooting that took place, she didn't go visit those people. She didn't She didn't mention it. It wasn't even acknowledged. And she's down there for these two guys that, again, absolutely what you talked about earlier, goes mm-hmm. in there and disrupts, you know, the whole legislative meeting. Yep. But yet she can go down there and say, and again, starts yelling and screaming and yep. how terrible this is. And they're all being still, uh, they're still being crucified. Uh, I say it all the time. When you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. They love Mm -hmm. to pound the table. Uh, The facts are democracy was not denied. They took a vote. The Democrats lost. Great call, William. We'll do it again. And you are right. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You heard the man. Here we go. Here we go. Big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallow. We're going to be rapping with Chadwick Moore, who is, of course, a senior editor at The Spectator. You see him here on the channel all the time. And he has to weigh in on some comments that were made by the head of marketing at Bud Light. They're crazy. I don't know that they're crazy, but they're definitely dumb for their decision to alienate their clientele by putting a biological man dressed as a woman as the face of their marketing campaign, okay? And we're going to get into it in this hour. If you want to weigh in, 888-788-9910. But we do have some comments from Budweiser's parent company, Tranheiser-Busch. And I find this whole thing to be fascinating because you need to know this about the Dylan Mulvaney thing. Uh, I don't, you know, listen, I want to be transgender, go hop around on TikTok dressed as a six-year-old girl, do what you want to do. It's America. You know, it's a little out there for me. But what's going on um, with Dylan Mulvaney has nothing to do, per se, with trans people or tolerance and inclusion and everything to do with the fact that, you know, in Budweiser's case, you know, this is marketing. And I'm going to play you clips in which she speaks exactly to that. But when it comes to the country as a whole— This has become a manufactured civil rights movement. 
and that the Democrats are out there claiming oppression and saying anybody who doesn't support their legislation and their efforts to pass it is somehow a transphobic, hateful bigot. Ergo, we can't even have this conversation. Just give us what we want. That's kind of what's going on on a legislative level. Like Riley Gaines, okay, who is as decorated of a female athlete as there is in this country, went out last week to San Francisco State University and was physically assaulted by a man wearing a dress. I mean, it's bizarre, but all the people lecturing you about toxic masculinity, most of the toxic masculinity you see in this country comes from guys with dresses on. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know. But, of course, at San Francisco State University, she was barricaded into a classroom, assaulted, taken hostage, and then the school went out and did what? They praised the students for their peaceful protests. I mean... That's stupid! Use your common sense! But why did they praise that movement? Because the truth is, at you know a legislative level... The Democrats, oh, man, everything they get done is on social pressure. Vote for us or you're a racist. Okay, because the race card is losing its potency. You know, once you call COVID, COVID's white supremacist, climate change is white supremacist. Which if, every, if mother nature or birthing parent nature is white supremacist, like you, you, you kind of sound stupid after a while. It doesn't have the same, you know, kick that it used to have. So they've moved over to transphobia where they're now saying, well, you know, These people who don't want five-year-old kids to transition for the rest of their lives, surgically alter their bodies before they've had a chance to develop. These are transphobes, hateful bigots. They're calling for violence. That's how they get stuff done. They label you a violent oppressor so you're scared to share your true opinions. We've never had a bigger gap in this country between what people believe to be true and what they're willing to say in public. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. You're starting to see some pushback by people who have women in their family and don't want them erased by biological men in sports. But for the most part, corporate America is leaning right in on this because it's easier than being called a transphobe or a a bigot. So what a place like Bud Light is doing now is they're saying, well, why run the risk? We're we're eventually all going to be called transphobes by this mob. That's how they get what they want. So why don't we just proactively hire them? Okay, score some points for that. And along the way, maybe we cater to a younger demographic. Here is Bud Light, okay? Alyssa Heinerscheid, okay? And she is the vice president of Bud Light. And she flat out says, you know, they're looking for a way to cater to young drinkers. So, of course, they go to TikTok where, you know, the average person using the app is a teenager, not even old enough to drink. But this is no different than a tobacco executive back in the day advertising the children. And she's flat out saying it out loud. Now, you know, the brand had like a fratty image, which in her head means white guys in polo shirts. We don't just want to sell it to white guys in polo shirts. We got to go get people younger than those college kids, ostensibly. Here it is, clip 20. I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light. And it was this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like we Mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. I mean, dude. She is so bad at her job. (laughs) I had this super clear mandate. You know, go get a guy in a dress. That'll sell beer. What would you do with a brain if you had one? She did not have a super clear mandate to do this. Yeah, you want to revive the brand, yeah. 
you want to boost, you know, the visibility of the brand. I mean, she succeeded because everybody's talking about it. But when they get done talking about it, they're usually shooting the can like Kid Rock or vowing never to drink it again like Travis Tritt and a host of other country artists who, you know, how many references to Bud Light exist in country music? Like a million. People feel betrayed by this. People feel betrayed because beer is where they went to escape politics. Beer is where they went to escape identity politics. Beer was what you needed when you were done and exhausted from talking about all of this crap. That's true. That is true. So to get out of bed one day and find out your favorite beer is now honoring a guy who's been pretending to be a woman for a year. So way to go, Bud Light. You're giving beer to a one-year-old girl. But as the great guy Benson said last week when I was hosting Gutfeld, you know, Democrats have been saying all of this time trans people were always trans. Anybody who says they're a woman has always been a woman. So if that's the case... How did she only become a woman a year ago? Oh, wow. On one end, we're not to question this. It has nothing to do with biology as we know it. Trans people are just trans. But on the other end, happy anniversary. You've been trans for a year. So apparently it just started a year ago. But again, nobody asked for this. That's the point. And corporate America basically is trying to justify the decision to alienate all of their consumers by saying, well, you know, we're just trying to market to what the kids are doing on that Chinese spy app. It's not the endearing statement that she thinks it is. But here's a little bit more of this self-assuredness, clip 21. What I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what, is, what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important (laughs) that we had another approach. I mean, dude. That was absolutely dreadful. You know, fratty, out of touch humor. And what is she really trying to say there? White. Bingo. But you want to know something? The white people buying the beer. White people were drinking the beer. It's not to say blacks and Latinos weren't drinking it as well and Muslims and Asians and anything in between. But when it comes to beer and when it comes to marketing your beer and when it comes to creating an appetite for your beer, You know what people want out of it? They want it to be cold and tasty. He knows what he's talking about. Nobody is walking into a beer freezer right now and saying, uh, hey, I could really use a cold one. Which one of these is more inclusive of identity politics? I like Miller Lite, but uh, is there a guy with a dress on in any of the commercials? No? Yeah, probably won't drink that then. She's prioritizing everything but what a beer drinker wants. Think of the Jimmy Buffett song, Cheeseburger in Paradise. (laughs) Big kosher pickle with a cold draft beer. Not a big kosher pickle on the girl in the commercial. What the hell did you just say? (laughs) I'm just saying. 
The things that we are prioritizing in corporate America are not the things your consumer is prioritizing. One of the challenges corporate America is facing, you know, when they say, like, go woke, go broke. Okay. The reason that exists in the parlance is there are a lot of companies that have gone woke and lost a lot of money. Why? Because what's rewarded in corporate America is corporate speak. We need more diversity. We need more inclusion. You know, people who speak in those tones make their way up into management positions. But what ultimately happens is you wind up in a management position surrounded by other people in management positions who have no relation whatsoever to the thought process of your consumer. It's like when Disney took their big, bold stand and went running after Ron DeSantis because he didn't want anyone sexualizing five-year-old kids. What the people in Disney's boardroom forgot is that their entire client base is parents. And here's a newsflash. No parent wants anyone sexualizing their five-year-old kid. So what happened to Disney? It backfired. And the fact remains that when Disney ousted their CEO, Bob Chapek, and brought back Bob Iger, the first thing he said was, we're going to get back to storytelling and doing what we do best, which is a fancy way of saying, please give us money. We need money. We need to cater to the things that bring people into the park. In what world can we yell and scream about inclusion if we're going to charge people $130 to get in? If you're worried about inclusion, Disney, you lower the price of admission by about 75 bucks. But are they lowering the price of admission anytime soon? The answer would be no. It's not about inclusion, okay? That's the point. They thought they had a good marketing idea at Disney. No, no, we'll remake the rides. It'll be Snow White and the Seven Genders. Come on, who doesn't want to wait in line for three hours to go on Peter Pan Sexual? It's going to be great. You guys are going to love it. And the parents were like, no. <laughs> like, actually, no, we're not doing that. And Mickey was like, so I guess we have some issues. <laughs> and what did Mickey do? He kicked out the old CEO and brought back the new one with a very clear edict. All right, now get out there and make me some god money. <laughs> exactly what happened. And Bud Light in this instance Okay, I don't doubt she's doing this for the visibility and thinking she's going to elevate the brand. Okay, and why does she want to do that? Why does she want to do that? Money, 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 money. Okay, so in her head, well, you know, the way to do that is to go on TikTok, the Chinese spy app, where they're stealing biometric data from little kids. Where insane people are dressing their cats up as Yoda and doing Star Wars reenactments with them in the kitchen. While China steals all their information, what we'll do to boost awareness is we'll go to this Chinese spy app because this will get people to drink our beer. <laughs> but in her head, this made sense because she was surrounded by other people who think that way. OK, this is the biggest issue we have. If everybody in corporate America, if everybody in academia, if everybody in Washington Start seeing the world through a woke lens, you wind up fighting a lot of the wrong battles. It's like the military. The military, where your only job is to kill, and kill at a level so fierce that we're able to avoid wars for the simple prospect that people don't want to be killed at the rate and ruthlessness that our military is capable of killing them at. Our goal with the military is not to have to use it. It's it to be so fierce you don't want to, you don't want to mess with it. You dig? But because we're now prioritizing hurt feelings in the military and inclusion and everything else, we're kind of being laughed at on the world stage because we're prioritizing the wrong things. And that's why you see Bud Light facing the backlash that it is. This woman didn't succeed. 
yeah, you brought them a lot of publicity, but all the publicity is people vowing to boycott the brand. All the publicity comes with a condescending attitude towards your core consumer. When she says the words, our brand was fratty and had out-of-touch humor. Wait, what? I got to tell you, of all the things Bud Light did, their commercials were beloved. People loved the Real Men of Genius campaigns. They were hilarious. They weren't out of touch. They were laugh-out funny every single time. Be- now, because they elected some type of a woke jackass to vice presidential status within their company, you no longer have real men of genius. Congratulations. You now have real them of genius. Budweiser presents Real Them of Genius. Real Them of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Millions of beer drinkers spend the day working a grueling shift on the construction site, but you pranced around the house on TikTok dressed as a six-year-old girl. You're a kid Anyone can hang their hat up after a long shift, but only a true hero can take off their dress and untape their nuts. Ow, that stinks! So crack open an ice-cold bud, Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. Normally, beer comes in a cardboard case, but thanks to you, it now comes in a mental case. Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Back on the East Coast. I survived Bend in Boise. It was rowdy. Uh, Fox Across America fans, you're a bunch of lunatics, but I love you. Uh, Chadwick Moore, he's coming by in the next break, not to stare, stage an intervention after my weekend on the West Coast, but to discuss this whole Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. So Dylan Mulvaney, a biological male who has been on the Ellen DeGeneres show, has been on The Price is Right, was in the Book of Mormon for a short time. Dylan Mulvaney is somebody who wanted to be relevant, chasing clout and fame with everything he's got. Okay, and found a pretty good lane via TikTok a few years back, actually a year ago, and said, you know, what if I just start dressing up as a woman and start prancing around as like a troll, like on a daytime talk show host? Dylan Mulvaney's TikTok character is someone 20 years ago that would have been on daytime TV, would have came on and been like, I'm all that. And the crowd would have been like, boo, you ain't all that. You're going to yell that and made fun of and would have been in on the joke and left the set with, uh, you know, hey, I got a little TV time today. That's what Dylan Mulvaney is. But now we've turned this daytime TV troll into someone who's not only aligned with the White House, but someone who's making literally 10 millions of dollars endorsing women's products. What the hell is the world coming to? Think about a brand like Nike. Think of how many phenomenal female athletes there are in the world. Did any of them get this Nike deal? The answer would be no. No, they got Dylan Mulvaney, someone who in the Bud Light ad that he happens to be in, flat out says Bud Light is partnering with me for March Madness. 
I don't know anything about sports. I just thought we were all having a hectic month. Ha ha, get it? But anyway, Dylan Mulvaney gets a Bud Light ad, admits to not knowing anything about sports, but is somehow endorsing Nike's women's yoga pants over the hundreds of thousands of female athletes out there that would be better qualified to do so. You understand? She's also endorsing Tampax. She is endorsing Tampax. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. And why is it stupid? Because she can't have a baby. She's a biological man, and you know what that means. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and we are not only excited to talk to this next guest, but we are thankful because he clearly he has better options. As a biological man, he could be modeling women's yoga pants right now, but he has chosen to join us instead, spectator editor Chadwick Moore in the house. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's going on? Um, are you as shocked as I am that, like, Cadbury didn't put out a Dylan Mulvaney Easter egg yesterday? <laughs> yeah, protruded from his own male ovaries. Cadbury, <laughs> Dylan Mulvaney, Easter egg. That would have been a great idea, I think. I, I am, listen, man, It's there's, there's this part of me that thinks the whole thing is ridiculous and it's obviously being forced on us so relentlessly. But at the same time, there is a part of me that almost admires this dude's hustle. Like, he was on Ellen. Do you know he was in the Book of Mormon? He was in the Book of Mormon. Like, he's been on The Price is Right. Like, the guy has been hustling for clout and notoriety for a long time. And I think he just kind of gamed the system when he went to TikTok. It was like, screw it. Throw me a dress. Yeah, I think I, I think I have this guy figured out pretty clearly. And I think I've met lots of him in my life that mm-hmm. he's just some, like, silly gay dude who always wanted to be famous and always wanted attention and wanted to perform. And, like, I guess he had some moderate success, but it wasn't really working out. And so he just came up with this shtick that really got him tons of attention and millions of dollars and um, uh, deals with, with these companies <laughs> like, that are maybe like, suffering and maybe not because of it. So say it's to, like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just so hilarious because it, it, when you watch his, his shtick, it's not even like there's nothing sincere about it. It's this sort of like cartoonish parody of, yes. of girlhood, as he calls it. It's not like. I'm a transgender person trying to live a dignified life as a woman. Like he's a drag queen. Yeah. And he's, well, it is because it's like he's clowning women because the idea that this would be his interpretation of how a woman acts, it's kind of insulting. But let me ask you this. Since you made the point, which I think is an accurate one, that he is, you know, a silly gay person who wanted to be famous. Um, do you think even he like shuts off the TikTok and dies laughing that he's endorsing tampons? <laughs> I think you're giving him too much credit for being uh, deeper and more cynical than he actually is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he like lays in bed at night, like, you know, trembling with fear that he's made some mistake and people are going to discover the hustle. I think he's just going along with the ride and is thrilled at the attention he's getting. And also like, 
respect to this being a parody of womanhood, I mean, everyone sees that. And then how funny is it you see women like, what was it, like Drew Barrymore, like get down on her knees and be like, <laughs> you're just the most amazing creature. Like, thank you so much for being you. And you're the, like, what? The, the, well, <laughs> well, that's my favorite part. We're talking to the great Chadwick Moore. Is when Bud Light gives him a commemorative can to celebrate one year of being a woman. I'm like, so Bud Light, you're technically giving beer to a one-year-old girl. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, per, you know, if if, uh, if he was actually I, – I would like to believe, although this is not true because I don't give these people that much credit, but I would like to believe this, this whole thing is just like payback from the gay community for all like the bachelorette parties taking over gay bars. You know, <laughs> it's just like – we're gonna okay. We're gonna give you a taste of your own medicine. We're women now. <laughs> <laughs> not, not only we're we women, but we're coming to your kids' kindergarten class. Now that you're all married, yeah. now you're all married and grown up. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's where this is called popularity on the left. Because I obviously I know women on both sides of the aisle that went to drag shows, but maybe that's why children's drag shows are so popular uh, on the left. Is for the women, it's a chance for their kids to relive their own bachelorette parties. Oh, I've been saying that for a long time. Yeah, because it's all these like it's these like white suburban moms who like their gay friends stop hanging out with them once they got married and had kids and moved to the suburbs, <laughs> and so they're trying to like relive that connection they had oh, and like those funny. times in gay bars. So they're like, "Well, let's just bring a drag queen to the library, and I'll take my kids go- to go see it." <laughs> I, oh, I've always believed that's what it is. <laughs> Pretty soon, these kids are going to be drinking mimosas. There's there's nothing wrong with mimosas in kindergarten. We're teaching them about education. That's funny. (laughs) They have to learn about brunch at some point. (laughs) That's so funny, man. Well, so hold on, because there's a fascinating clip. The the, the head of marketing at Bud Light spoke out. The woman basically said that they were trying to shed this, like, fratty identity that Bud Bud Light had by courting this younger demographic. So in essence, isn't she just admitting that they're just trying – they don't even care about the trans movement. They're just trying to court young drinkers and turn them into alcoholics. Well, yeah, and also – okay, first of all, like no – okay, the the audience they're going for – uh, liberal people and uh, liberal gay people, whoever they're going for, don't drink Bud Light. They're drinking their like micro brew IPA, whatever, yeah. if they're even touching beer. So that's not going to change it. And secondly, Bud- Anheuser Busch owns like a billion different brands that appeal to all those different demographics. Yeah. So like they're already selling products to them. Yeah. So it's- <laughs> I think it's that this head of marketing just really hates the people who really drink Bud Light and just trying to offend them or shake them off or what have you and doesn't well, care about their money. Well, that's a, that's a really good point because the, the truth is this: we see this a lot in politics. The people who are the elites oftentimes despise the people that they rule over, that they govern over. And I'm sure this woman on some level, to the point you just made, thinks the Bud Light core audience is a bunch of dirtbags. And they're like, I'll screw these people. I'm going to culture them by bringing along Dylan Mulvaney because that's high culture. (laughs) That has to be what it is. I mean, that's totally right. You know, when you think of who drinks Bud Light, you have a pretty good impression in your mind. Yep. And that's got to be what it is. It, it has to be. I mean, growing up in Levittown, who drinks Bud Light? Seventh graders, eighth graders. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> right, yeah. We were already drinking your beer young. I grew up in Nassau County. Are you kidding me? I was drinking yeah. Bud Dry. Bud, Bud Light, Bud Dry. I was there. I was their hardcore consumer. Totally, totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Let me, let me ask you this on a substantive level, and then we'll move on. Okay, you know, the argument on the right is that they're erasing women, which they are. When it comes to women's sports, if you're letting biological men compete, it does feel like an erasure of women, and certainly Title IX. But do you think on the left, this is my theory, Chadwick, I think on the left, the reason women aren't more outspoken against this is they do see the trans community as overwhelmingly liberal, which means they want the support. You know, they'd rather get erased on the ball field and hold on to, you know, possibly the abortion votes than actually alienate a constituency that might actually cost them a right like abortion. Do you think on some level it's like a swap? Yeah, but then I also think that there's just something sort of deeply biologically ingrained in women that, like, they're nice. They don't want to hurt people's feelings. They want to, like— you know, if they think someone's like suffering or being oppressed yeah. or whatever, they want to care and nurture for that person. And that's being weaponized against them by these horrible forces that want to get rid of gender and get rid of everything that gender roles represent and totally remake society and reality and any, anything else. And it's like they're being preyed upon by like, well, don't you care about this, these suffering, these poor trans suffering people? You better not say anything because, you know, they have it really hard. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's like extremely abusive and disgusting towards women and, and really manipulating, uh, manipulating them like these, these big trans forces and these greater forces on the left that – Mm-hmm. are um, just totally out for the wackiest, most destructive uh, goals possible. Well, that that part, and all I would add to that, though, is like when it comes to Dylan Mulvaney, and this is where they are manipulating women, okay, the only person suffering is whoever sits through one of these videos in its entirety, okay? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that, that person is suffering. But I want to pivot because the one nice thing I will give them credit for as trans activists is they're not violent at all when they don't get their way. You know, and I, I think I, I think we should be praising the restraint they showed in taking Riley Gaines literally hostage at San Francisco last week. And then the school issuing a press release praising them for their peaceful assembly. I'm like, it was a hostage situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely ladylike behavior from these trans activists. We're deeply convinced that they're truly women inside because that's exactly how women always behave, as we've known for millennia, you know, them yeah. being around. That's <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. We're talking to Chadwick Moore, superstar editor at The Spectator, trying to clean up this mess of a country we're living in. And then down in. So we have the situation in Frisco, which is, you know, so gonzo at this point. But we expect this out of colleges, not that we should. But isn't that part crazy? Like when I was a little kid, George Carlin had a seminal comedy album. It was called Carlin on Campus. And the reason Carlin was on campus is these were at the time that his thoughts were so provocative. You could only say it in a bastion of free expression like a college campus. Like that was the whole hook of the special like Carlin on campus today would just be called campus on fire would it not yeah and oh my gosh and you watch these like like with that video um uh with um uh just happened in san francisco oh riley Gaines, yeah um, yeah riley Gaines, and well and, and well anywhere anytime this pops up it's like how can you see anything but like mao's red guard like the youth caucus yeah you know it's just like these these children and i mean that's of course like by design it's yeah. like indoctrinate the children get the children to do your dirty work for you because they're impressionable and yep. and uh difficult to fight with and that part is almost like commendable like i, I i'm disgusted by it but in terms of a strategy they executed so well they show up okay They'll burn down a campus or brick a few windows take a speaker hostage and then call them fascist <laughs> 
It's it's like someone shows up to your house, burns it down, and goes, "We got to stop these arsonists." That's what we got to do here. <laughs> yeah, and then they double down in defending them and release statements. As in, you know, we, we congratulate them on their peaceful dis- on their peaceful hostage situation that they carried out, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they're all in it to win it. They don't really care what what your eyes and ears uh, prove to you. They don't care. They're telling you, no, no, no. Uh, we're right, and this is, and we're doubling down, and we only support each other, and and we will win for these reasons, which it's, is terrifying, it, but it, also, as you said, commendable. It is. It's, a, it's effective. It's a fact. You know, when they say when the their attitude when the whistle blows, anything goes. They don't care. They just want to come out on top. I mean, Tennessee's a good example of that. So in Tennessee, they actually had a vote. Okay, they voted for a very specific set of laws, and the Democrats were overwhelmingly in the minority on that vote. But they upended a legislative session last week saying Tennessee doesn't have democracy. This is white supremacy. One of the clips, by the way, is that Republicans are trying to stand in the way of the latest bout of reconstruction. Like the comparison being made in Tennessee is that we're going through some post-Civil War reconstruction. I'm like, has anyone been to Nashville? It's just drunk chicks riding circular bicycles. There's no, there's no gone with the wind. There's gone with the Heineken, you know, because they're hammered. But it's like, who is buying this? Well, they, <laughs> apparently a lot of people are buying – well, I, I don't know who's buying it to be honest because any, any smart person, of course, wouldn't. But they just – they're so steady and they, and they keep with it. Like, like OK, with like Kamala mm-hmm. showing up there. Yeah. No deference for the victims of the family, for the, that yeah. transgender killer yeah, yeah, yeah. who showed up. You know, it's just doubling down on uh, what's happening to the state house, those two state reps that were, mm-hmm. that were kicked out. Yep. And they don't even care how it looks. They, they, and, and this is – Again, great strategy for winning. Uh, it never even occurs to them to be morally right. It's only about who wins, no. and, and this is how they do it. Well, the only other thing I would add to what you said about Kamala, though, is in truth there was deference. Like she had – the White House had decided those victims' families had suffered enough without having to sit through a Kamala redundancy speech. Well, that's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> the thing about you know suffering is you're suffering right. You're going through a time that will feel like – you know, and it goes on, and they're just – you know, people are just offing themselves. It's tough. It's a tough watch, Chadwick Moore. Sure. Uh, last but not least, are you um, are are you are, are you uh, going to boycott Nike's women's yoga pants? Like, where are you on this as we go? Yeah, I burned on my women's yoga pants this weekend. We had a, a festival in, in, in the backyard. It was great. Um, <laughs> I can't. It's just such a dumb time to be alive, dude. And, uh, I, like, I'm fascinated by the shamelessness of it all. I'm, fa- I'm fascinated by people's willingness to get in front of a camera and claim they're fighting oppression. That's what I'm really fascinated by. Because it's like there's, there's – it's, like, it's almost sociopathic. But I do think on some level – a lot of these people don't know better. Like a lot of these people do believe they're fighting like real oppression. They're fighting, you know, some form of hatred or bigotry. When in fact, I think on, on the right side, I think half of us are laughing at Dylan Mulvaney and the ridiculousness of it all. And the other half are, are expressing like, I think, a salient point, which is if you're trans, you have every right to exist and feel so- safe. We just don't want it forced on, forced on young children. But that is being portrayed as like we're calling for militant action against people. And that part, I think, is a little psychotic. Yeah, it's like, it's like none of these kids who are protesting, these young people, it's like you can tell they never had a paper route as a kid. They didn't <laughs> mow lawns. You know what I mean? They just have no concept of, uh, you know, a, a survival instinct and, and, and to produce <laughs> 
and to exist in the world as a you know part yeah. of an economy because they just have absolutely nothing going on. They're so bored, and they have to invent these. They have to pretend that they're you know a part of some civil rights movement, and that the. And of course, instead of focus, focusing on parts of the world where you know like yep. I don't know like well, you women know, or gays are actually murdered by the government or whatever. Well, it's funny. It's, uh, it's, you, you, this is it. I'm going to tag what you said because you nailed it. Okay, you had told me once that they had Selma envy, and and we laughed about that. That they wanted to be yeah. part of the civil rights movement. But I finally figured it out in talking to you. Like the old last generation had Selma, this generation has Velma. You know the uh, the lesbian oh, Scooby Doo character <laughs> so, like, yeah. from the people who brought you Selma comes Velma. <laughs> like, it's a cartoonish yeah. civil rights movement, is what we're watching. Unbelievable. Chadwick Moore, always broadening our horizons here on the show intellectually. Thanks, my man. You're the best. Thanks, man. See you soon. There he goes, a great Chadwick Moore. There we go. Back after this. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the action film that identifies as number one at the box office. Sylvester Stallone is... Tranbo. We can't change what we are. The woke military forced an elite commando to switch genders. I didn't want this! They took his nuts. But now he wants them back. You know where they are. Find them. Or I'll find you. Tranbo. Nothing is real if you don't believe in who you are! Now playing in liberal theaters and coming soon to a women's swimming race near you. And I did what I had to do to win, but somebody wouldn't let us win! It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Don't all run out and see Tranbo at once. But if you do want to run out and see some live stand-up comedy, wow, going back out on tour. Uh, I just returned from the West Coast, as you know. Shout out to Ben and Boise. Two epic sold-out events. Hey, girl. Uh, phenomenal meet and greets hanging out after the show. Some of us even went out drinking uh, after the Friday night show in Bend, Oregon. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. That was a wonderful way to go through life. And if you'd like to take part in any of these festivities, uh, I'm in Jersey next weekend. uh, Friday night, April 21st and 22nd at the Bananas Comedy Club. And then the Laughs and Liberty Tour starts with Kennedy, May the 6th. That is Reading, Pennsylvania. May the uh, 20th, we will be in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, June the 3rd in Davenport, Iowa. June the 10th in Mesa, Arizona. And, of course, June the 24th at the Lexington Opera House. And then in July, I am back in Holland, Michigan, July the 8th. And then July the 29th in St. Mary's, Ohio, hometown of the great Jenny Fela. I'll be out there with the Rough Riders and Doug Spencer yucking it up at the Opera House. I hope you can make one of them. Our shows, our get-togethers are truly incredible. Like the the vibe, the audience that we've, you know, kind of created, the atmosphere. It's a really good hang. It's definitely something you should check out at some point. And uh, for those of you who have, seriously, thank you. Uh, and I know you you can feel my sincerity. Like we actually get together and hang out. It's not like you're meeting a celebrity who's just like, get your picture, get away from me. Not with me. you got to like dr- drive me to the pawn shop if we're performing in a casino. Or you got to get me back to the hotel if we're <laughs> performing in town. We are very much all in this together when it comes to me on the road. Because as you know, uh, I am a little bit of a mess is what I would say. But in the next hour, I will button it back up. Wesley Hunt, 
is coming by from the great state of Texas, and Jessica Tarloff. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up. Got a big hour of Fox Across America coming your way. Wesley Hunt, superstar representative from the great state of Texas, is going to be here. Crowd loves it. Crowd loves it. Fired up for that one. We're also going to be joined by Democratic strategist Jessica Tarloff. That was the worst thing I ever heard. Come on. We talk across the aisle on this show, and you can be a part of it at 888-788-9910. It is a show. With one rule and one rule only. You can be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, you could be a Libertarian, you could be an Independent. All we ask is that you do not be a <laughs> There it is. Big hour. We're ready to rumble. Uh, as we get on the air, this is fascinating stuff. Today is the White House Easter egg roll. If you remember, this was the event where Biden was interrupted last year by the Easter Bunny, where he was taking questions, and the Easter Bunny jumped in and was like, no, go this way. And I've always said the craziest part of that video is not that they had a person in an Easter Bunny costume cutting off the president because they didn't want him taking spontaneous questions. The craziest part of the video is that if you look at Biden's face, he looks like a man who believes he met a talking bunny. We have a president that is clearly not all there. His reaction is like, whoa, hey, ho, the bunny's talking. Jill, you got to get over here. You got to, Jill, Jill, you're not going to believe this, Jill. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. A lot of people feel that way. But the president, he spoke to Al Roker at the White House a few moments ago. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And we have the clip. This is Biden's being asked about plans to run again. And it does take him a few efforts to get through this sentence, but I believe what he's saying is he plans to run again. It's clip 12. Will you be uh, taking part in the Easter egg rolls uh, planning on after 2024? Well, I plan on (laughs) at least three or four more Easter egg rolls. At least three or four more? Maybe maybe five. Maybe five. (laughs) Maybe maybe six. What the hell? Are you you saying that, that you would be... Uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024. Well, I'll either be so rolling an egg or you know, being the, the, good, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on, help a, bro- help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No. Well, I, I plan on running out, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. <laughs> Plans on running, but they're not ready to announce it yet. Now, in another world, at another time, okay, with another candidate or incumbent anyway, who wasn't in his late hundreds, I plan on running, but I'm not ready to announce it yet, would mean, yeah, all right, probably going to run again. But in this instance, when you've got a guy in the cognitive shape that Biden is, I plan on running, but I'm not ready to announce it yet, means we really haven't decided. Bingo, man, bingo. And we know they haven't decided because Gavin Newsom is out campaigning hard right now. Hard. Gavin Newsom, who has turned California, if you've been there, I just was, into the world's largest outdoor toilet. Well, Gavin Newsom is on a red state tour right now where he's traveling to red states around the country, trying to make the case for why his style of leadership 
is what this country needs more of. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Nobody is looking at California, a state that leads the league in U-Hauls, and saying, no, no, we need to do more of that. That's what we need to do. I'm telling you, this is red state. I was just in Boise, Idaho. Gorgeous, clean, really just a pristine city. Gorgeous theater, the Egyptian theater. Wonderful crowd. Nobody was walking around downtown Boise going, you know what we need? We need, if we could just bring in some more pantless hobbits and get them to set up a couple of tents all over town, start chasing tourists and going to the bathroom outdoors, that's what we need in Boise. No, nobody's saying that. Nobody wants what Gavin Newsom is selling it. But why is he still out there trying to do so? Because he knows damn well the jury is still all the way out on Biden. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. There's no other reason to look into this. If Gavin Newsom doesn't think uh, or, you know, doesn't think there's any window to run again, he isn't out there doing this kind of shadow campaign. Okay, he's doing just what Ron DeSantis is doing. Ron DeSantis hasn't announced he's going to run. But everybody on earth knows he's going to run. Okay, a lot of people think he's the inside favorite to be the Republican nominee. Wrong. But the reason you know that's true is because there's anti-DeSantis ads already airing everywhere. And the guy hasn't even jumped into the race. Okay, we know DeSantis is ultimately running. He's just not going to commit to doing so until he's in the right climate. Right now, he enjoys a supermajority in the Florida state legislature. So he's pushing through any legislation he wants so he can run on those victories. Okay, here is Gavin Newsom, a guy who is also campaigning as if he's running without saying he's running because he has to be a little more deferential because his party has an incumbent in power. But here is Newsom doing what? Going after DeSantis. Now, this is my favorite thing in the world. Why is Newsom doing this? Because he thinks he's ultimately going to run against DeSantis. But why is this significant? Okay, because they're trying to take away the argument that Republicans have over Democrats. More people are fleeing blue states and running to red states than the other way around. And it's not even close. And they're fleeing because blue state leadership has brought in high crimes and high taxes and high drugs and high homelessness. And no one wants to pay to live in filth, filth where they don't feel safe. So what are the Democrats doing? Are they trying to clean up the filth? The answer would be no. Lower the crime? The answer would be no. Do something about the taxes? The answer would be no. No, what they're doing is just going on offense with name calling against Republicans. That's the plan. So here is Newsom. No deliverable for the voters. He just wants you to know that Ron DeSantis signing a permitless carry law in Florida is proof that he's just scared of the people. Here it is, clip 13. Scared to death. Who is he scared of? Scared of the people. Scared of the people in Florida? Yeah, that overwhelmingly oppose that position. But I think the majority of NRA members, you know, probably oppose that position. No background checks? No No background? None? Really? I mean, no, tra- no training. Why, why would we do that with weapons of war? Which is what permitless carry means. That, that's extreme in the extreme. You were lying your ass off. Florida has not banned background checks. They have not banned flagging someone's gun rights if they happen to be a health risk. This is Gavin Newsom trying to pick up an emotionalist lane of attack with help from his accomplice in the media, Jen Psaki. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. 
But it really gets more laughable, more clownish when Newsom predicts Biden will run again and win re-election. The reason I find this funny is he's making this promise, this prediction, while he himself is out there campaigning to run in place of Biden. That's just how white folks will do you. But that's what he's doing. It's the greatest confidence scheme in the world. No, no, Biden's going to run. Biden's going to win. Biden's going to run. Biden's going to win, knowing full well he's trying to fundraise. He's campaigning around the country. So when the word comes that Biden doesn't run, and there's a probably a 60-40 chance still that that's the case, Newsom can be like, well, I had no interest in running. Uh, I hadn't even thought about running, to be quite honest with you. But now that I know Biden's not running, uh, I should probably just get out there and I guess I'll give it a go. And that's what he's trying to do here. And it's a scam. But here he is predicting Biden will win, knowing he is hustling behind closed doors to make sure Biden doesn't run at all. It's clip 14. Biden will be reelected. <laughs> you are on his advisory. Deservedly please. so. Uh, no one. Master class. This is simply, you cannot, in modern times, I say this with respect at peril of uh, some previous Democrats maybe being a little insulted by this, uh, his legislative accomplishments last two and a half years, there's just nothing that comes close. And you're seeing the results all across this country already, which is just another reason uh, that he not only deserves it, but I'm going to be enthusiastically out there campaigning for him. Don't you have any respect for yourself? No, he's a sleaze. But when you talk about, oh, you look, you're seeing the results of Biden's leadership all across the country. Yeah, you are. Inflation's at a 40-year high. Illegal border crossings at an all-time high. Fentanyl poisoning deaths at an all-time high. The murder rate at a 35-year high. Biden sucks. Exactly. But Gavin Newsom out, yo, no, we're seeing the results of his legend. Yeah, we are. The Inflation Reduction Act was a climate change bill. Think about that. Inflation not coming down as a result of this bill. Why? Because the minute they passed it, they flat out told you it was a climate change bill. What a fraud. Joe Biden's legacy is one of division and one of tangible failure when it comes to the quality of life in this country. Okay, everything is worse under this president. Everything. Unless you're a man who dresses as a woman and is making millions of dollars endorsing feminine products, this is an America that is not thriving for you. But Gavin Newsom is out there telling you it's gonna because that party loyalty he's showing to Joe Biden gives him the fast track if Biden steps aside and does what we all know he should be doing, which is marketing his campaign speeches as a sleep aid. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica, and I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. 
Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Talk about a big win for the American people. Joining me now in studio, Democratic strategist, Fox News contributor, Jessica Tarloff is here. Hey, girl. Give the crowd a minute to express. They're excited. Yeah, they're, the crowd's excited. Jessica Tarloff, if you're listening, you can call in right now and call shenanigans on what I'm about to tell JT on the air. So Saturday night, we're at the Egyptian Theater in Boise. The very hunky Mike Baker was there, I might add. A lot of my friends, a lot of radio buddies and everything in between. I think it was the third question of the Q&A is someone asked me if you were cool. <laughs> and I had to co-sign in front of a thousand people, sold out show. And everyone walked out. <laughs> they, <were just> <laughs> they left. They're like, no, I thought I liked this guy. Who's this rhino? Jimmy Fallon. Get me out of here. But no, you're a, you're a hot commodity on the road because the people who listen to the show that show up to events know that we're actually friends. Yeah. There's like a real – there's like a respect. Like it's really weird um, because this isn't in the top – 25 biggest products that Fox is known for, but it's a big product. And we have built out a vibe around politics that's very interesting in that people are like willing. I thought you meant tolerable liberals was like a product that they've created No, no, no. They're only like. No, no, they all hate. (laughs) That's that's not the gig. (laughs) But I'm saying is like we've built out this really funny community where people will come up to me at shows like, oh, it's funny. Jessica said something about the Nets the other day. I root for the Nets. You know, I'm a Kevin Durant fan. So it's really funny. So you actually you travel better than I think you would expect to travel. I don't know. Do you expect your name to travel well into Boise, Idaho? No, not necessarily. Okay. Um, I'm thrilled by it, and <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's a testament, like you said, to the product and something that Fox does. Actually, even in the news shows, they say, oh, well, they've created these outlets where yeah. you can go and be yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like the – Red Eyes of the World, Kennedy's, mm-hmm. your radio show. But, like, even on Special Report, yeah. like, the other night, I was like, can we just take a moment to acknowledge that Corn Pop was real? <laughs> and, like, Brett starts laughing. You know, yeah. and it's all well, fine. And it's, like, the most serious hard news well, show that we have. Well, what we're doing on Fox, which is true, is we are actually having on liberals that actually represent the liberal viewpoint. It's important well, yes, to I not know. have frauds. But what yeah. we're saying is on other channels, a yeah. Republican on CNN is like a chicken that works on the board at Popeye's. <laughs> They're not really there looking out for their fellow chicken's best interest. You know what I'm saying? No. And, and so that's where we find so much value in you, as you know. But let's now get back to doing what you do best, which is alienate Fox listeners. <laughs> uh, let's talk about 2024 for a second. This is what I find interesting. Okay, so Biden, you know, uh, all signs point towards him running again. Yeah. He said today at the egg roll he wants to run. They're just not ready to announce. I think part of that has to do with fundraising and FEC laws and stuff like that. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know the full motivation, uh, but I do know on some level, Gavin Newsom has not ruled out the fact that Biden isn't running because Gavin Newsom is campaigning right now. Yeah, he's campaigning as an advisory board who says Biden's definitely going to win. But are you going on a red state tour if you even believe in your heart of hearts Biden's definitely going to run? So I think that Gavin Newsom, which is smart, is mm-hmm. playing the long game here uh-huh. and. He mentioned it in his interview with Jen Psaki. 
on her new show. And it's definitely starting to percolate more that people are looking at DeSantis and saying, like, maybe just wait it out, baby. Yeah. Because you are heading into a hailstorm that it- you are not prepared for. I think Trump... I always he's say Trump tweeted, right but now. he truth social yeah, today, yeah, social. essentially the saying truth. the same thing. Yeah. Like, you're doing okay. Maybe you should sit there for a while because yeah. you're losing big time. And he is losing big time. He's raising all this money. Mm-hmm. His latest haul was like $30 million. There's obviously an appetite in the Republican Party for somebody other than Trump, mm-hmm. just not with the primary base. Yeah. And they're going to show up and they're going to vote that way. But I said last week we were talking about Newsom heads to Florida and DeSantis is in Michigan, you know, bringing his anti-woke speech or whatever over there. And I have to say, sidebar, this development now that we look at Michigan as a blue state is mm-hmm. so emblematic of what's going on right now with yeah. the state of our politics, with the abortion issue and the gun issue that Dems have been able to sweep through. But anyway, I'm looking at this and I'm saying this is what the country wants to see, right? They want to see two young governors mm-hmm. with pl- clear platforms, with accomplishments to defend. They've been in the crux of these battles over what you do over COVID. They have different immigration policies, education policies, abortion Mm -hmm. policies. And that's what we deserve. Like, I like Joe Biden, but Mm -hmm. no one thinks that we should have an 82-year-old versus an 80-year-old when he's done. But I mean the election. You know what's funny? In the 80s, there was a funny fight where Larry Holmes, who was a former heavyweight champion, fought Jerry Cooney who was a top contender, but they were both at the time in their 40s, which was old for boxing. Yeah. And the actual marketing was called Two Geezers at Caesars because <laughs> they were fighting Atlantic City. And I feel like you're right. If you wind up with a Biden-Trump rematch, are we not just running a Two Geezers at Caesars in 2024? They were just like, who let them out of the Lakeview Shores home to, like, <laughs> oh, no! come? I, I know. I'm with and it, I, know, I know which geezer I'm picking, but it's like... <laughs> You can see why people just feel despondent yeah. about what's going on from that. I, I would bet anyone anything. As a, as a guy who has paid and not paid his rent from gambling over the years, I would bet anybody it's not a Biden-Trump matchup. There's no way they're both running. No, I okay, mean, getting well, a nomination. I, I, get I, it. Yeah. All right. We'll say. It's well, then be I think that you're saying something about the uh, oh, Republicans. I don't. I don't even know that he's run. Biden's running either. We'll get he into is. it. Jessica Tarloff's got to go get on the TV. Try not to get emotional. We love you. This was epic. We'll do it again. It was. Boise. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> One woman out. show. Get her out of here. Here it is. <laughs> it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Excited to talk to this next guest. Of course, it was Easter yesterday. But at the current price of eggs, I believe he was hiding Cartier wristwatches for his kids. Uh, Representative Wesley Hunt is on the line. Yo, yo. <laughs> how are you doing? How was, how was your Easter weekend? Son? Yo, I, listen, I had a solid time. It was a, good, it was a good winning weekend. But I have to know, my kid's 14. If you hide eggs, he's not even looking for them. He doesn't care. Like I'd have, I'd, care. I'd have to hide like protein bars or something to make him care, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Good. Well, I have my two-year-old and my four-year-old. My wife does an excellent job on hiding Easter eggs and get the baskets together. So yeah. we got to watch that. It's a joy. So thank yeah. you for asking. Oh no, it is amazing. I just I, I'm I'm wondering the percentage of parents that stuck with eggs at these prices because things are a little more expensive <laughs> under this Biden fella. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's more what's more valuable, gold bullion or, or a dozen eggs these days. <laughs> that's, that's funny. You know all the commercials you hear on the radio, guys telling you to buy gold. 
<laughs> He's right. telling you to buy eggs. That's why I buy grade A cage-free. <laughs> if, if you've got over 100000 in retirement assets. Buy eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm dying. That's actually That's really funny, man. That's great. Well, it's good to have you back on the show. While I was traveling, I did see you post a Trump, Mike Tyson, Kid Rock, and Dana White photo, which I laughed at. My question is that outstanding? Oh, was it? The only thing missing in that photo was a bald eagle, right? <laughs> America. It was great. America. I, I, I did. I got a good laugh out of it. So what I'm trying to figure out, though, in like a complete this sentence sort of thing, in that picture, is Wesley Hunt more likely to be seated to the right of these gentlemen or in the ring swinging at somebody? Where I you, am definitely you... more likely to be seated to the right of those gentlemen. But you're 100%. in shape, Wes. What do you mean you're in I'm shape? I'm in fantastic shape, but I have a general rule, and that is I never get in a fight with someone that has cauliflower ear in a discussion. <laughs> not gonna, they're not going to feel it anyway. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. It wasting... doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. You're wasting... They're willing to do things that I am not. I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Representative Wesley Hunt is on the line laying out the terms, Dana White. If you want to hire him, you're going to have to pay for it, it sounds like. Um, but, but, but one of the things you mentioned, you, you did tweet that Trump's the only thing standing between us and tyranny. Uh, it does sometimes feel that way in that there's a very malicious uh, weaponization of the judicial system going on right now. Is there not? Of course there is. And, and President Trump to date is probably the most investigated American in the history of America. We are talking about multiple impeachments that landed nothing. We're talking about the Russia hoax that landed nothing. His home was raided by the FBI. And the only thing that they have is this ridiculous payment payment to a past relationship that was already settled years ago. And this is what they are bringing up because of a corrupt DA in New York. It's absolute insanity. But people are watching this and they're thinking, oh, my gosh. President Trump is right, because he said, if they're willing to do this to me, a former president, imagine what they will do to you. And I am the only one standing in their way. And that's exactly why they don't want him to win. And I believe that. Well, it is honestly the best selling point for Trump is that he is the one guy that's demonstrated a willingness to truly fight back, like truly fight back. You know, people say things, but politicians in this country traditionally at the tippy top of the Republican Party also have a history of going to Washington and playing a lot nicer in the sandbox. You know, Trump was willing to feed somebody sand if he had to. And I think there's an appetite within the country right now because people really do feel like they're getting trampled. And that's where I think like that street fighter aspect that might be, you know, his biggest appeal. The thing the Democrats hate the most about him might be the thing he likes the most. Right. And that's I think that's what the American people want right now. We also know that we we, he can only be president for one more term. We need four years and we need a great reset of somebody that literally is going to go to the mat for every single American. I did a Fox News hit a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. And after the hit, he actually called me that morning and we Mm -hmm. talked for about 10, 15 minutes, which, by the way, that kind of shows you the kind of guy that he is. He called me. He said, great job, Wesley. Let's keep fighting. We got a country to save. He took time out of his morning to tell me that. Look, he's watching what's going on. He knows that he's the only thing that we have, the only politician that we have that has a proven record of getting us back to what it means to have the America that I grew up in. And that's a good thing. That's a good place to be. So, look, the party needs to galvanize around him. He's going to win the primary by a lot. And it's time for us to realize, do you want Trump or do you want communism? You know what I want. Wow. Wesley Hunt is on the line. Uh, quick question. So Trump calls. Did he take time to acknowledge your fashion prowess? Because I know that matters to you. 
Actually, he did. I have a nice Sears sucker jacket, and he said, you look like a million bucks. Stop. <laughs> did he, though? Come on, Hunt. I'm not making that up. I'm not making that up. Was I'm it not making that a million up. bucks American or Canadian? <laughs> well, today, actually, hopefully, hopefully, yen today. Because American dollar doesn't mean as much. <laughs> he said you look like a million bucks Bitcoin. It could fluctuate at any second. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. Eggs. A million bucks an egg. <laughs> a million bucks an egg. So three cartons. He said, Hunt, you look like three cartons of eggs. Three cartons of eggs. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Well, I will, I will tell you this, okay? People who live in New York where I live, okay, who are, you know, New York's overwhelmingly, the city is Democrat, the rest of the state is conservative. But in the hardcore city, they're probably more bothered by the Trump indictment than the people in the suburbs because the hardcore city is watching, like, real crime play out every day, and it's going yeah. completely unchecked by this DA. So it does seem like a misappropriation at a local level, but I just wanted you to speak to this. There's a history in the Democratic Party of guys failing their way up and meaning if you can become a national name you can run on that uh, you know absent an actual deliverable for voters do you think on some level this alvin bragg thing is not necessarily the entire democratic party running a play against trump so much as it just could be the democratic party loves that it's happening but at a local level a guy like bragg just knows how to play the party i think to a certain extent that that might be true but but personally i think the democrat party knows that Trump cannot win or else it's over for what they've done to the country for the past four years. And they're throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks. I don't know if you were watching President Trump walk into that UFC fight the other night, (laughs) but if you want to know how America really feels, and I am talking about everyday middle-class Americans that just want to live from day to day, Mm -hmm. and they are realizing that it was pretty good a couple of years ago, and now it's not. If you watched him walk into that building, that was stunning. That should be jaw-dropping to any Democrat watching that. They're in trouble. Mm -hmm. That guy cannot win. And if he does, it's going to be a reckoning. And the thing about this country is that we tend to get it right. The reckoning is coming. No, no, I I would give you that. Wesley Hunt is on the line. Let me ask you this. Is Trump so popular then, in your opinion, that he could have gotten away with drinking a Bud Light in that arena? (laughs) Next to Kid Rock now. The thing is, I'm not sure if Kid Rock would have shot that Bud Light out of his hand. Yeah, that might, have, that might have ended there. Yeah, you might have got tackled. Kid Rock might have been in a, bu- in a bad spot there. Well, I, I bring up that battle really just because I wanted to talk about another one really quickly. So Biden uh, basically issues a report last week about the Afghan troop withdrawal and basically said it was Trump's fault. Now, this is why I think people are so exhausted by this administration, even on the Democratic side, is there's no ownership of their own actions like Afghanistan in no way, shape or form. Did Donald Trump say, hey, we need to announce to the world the specific day we're leaving and bring the troops out ahead of the civilians. So do you think maybe, okay? because I know there's an appetite within a UFC arena for Trump. And like you said, rank and file middle class people realize it was better. But you think on the Democratic side where Trump needs to peel off support, they realize now that Biden's leadership is failing them, too. Or do you think they're still too partisan and died in the wool rooting for their party like that? I guess that's my question, Wes, is I could see Trump winning the primaries pretty easily. But do you think on a broader scale enough Democrats get that they're going backwards? With 
two more years of the Biden administration, given where they are headed. I'm not saying that they are going to go full MAGA, yeah. but what I am saying is that they, they, they may not show up for the top five candidates, yeah. an 82-year-old Joe Biden, mm-hmm. a Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warden, Warden, Warren, <laughs> Pete Buttigieg, and Gavin Newsom. What yeah. I'm saying is, <laughs> is that maybe they don't love Trump, but they don't show up for that. Yeah, no, and I can see given that. his popularity, I think Trump wins in that scenario. Wow, that'd be wild. Well, listen, I know the Buttigieg voters aren't traveling by train. I know that. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> no, we'll hitchhike. We're cool. We're cool here. No Southwest, no train. We'll hitchhike. Don't worry about it. We'll get to the we'll get to the polls. It's so crazy, Wesley Hunt. Well, listen, you're always good for morale. Uh, I, I'm excited to know Trump's watching your TV hits, uh, uh, and and that he co-signs your jackets because it means much more to me. Okay, I agree with all your policies, and I'm thrilled by your candidacy. But I want you to get the recognition you deserve because you get a lot of heat on this show. Byron Donalds comes on. You know what Donald said, by the way. He says, uh, we were talking. He's coming around. Yeah, yeah. No. He's coming around. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. I, said B, I call him B. Diddy. Yeah, yeah, of course. B, I, me too. Byron. Okay. B. B Diddy's coming around. B. Diddy, that's he, hilarious. I think, he, I, think he's seeing, I think he's seeing the excellence. Okay, no, no. He Listen, he, he actually gives you your respect. But when I said to him, I said, but Wesley Hunt is like in shape. I said, you actually look like you're doing private security for Greg Stubbe. I said, that's what I, I, I see you as. And he did think that was amazing. So you might want to take that up with him. Yeah, BD. And Stubby's pretty solid. I got I to gotta give it to him. Stubby's the best, but he came on my show and accused his wife of pushing him off the roof of his house. I'm not even kidding. So, Wes, can I, can I tell you this story? Okay. So the, yeah, first, time yeah, Stubbe, yeah. the first time Stubby was back on my house, uh, on my show after falling off his house, I had joked with him about how, hey, I know as a married guy, sometimes you take out too much life insurance. And the next thing you know, you don't. Your wife's always recommending these like really aggressive, like cliff diving and parasailing and stuff. And, smoke jumping, all that. Cool yeah, yeah, stuff, really right? bizarre, right? So I mentioned it to Stuby, and he went on like an eight-minute rant about how his wife was nowhere to be found when he fell. She claimed she was in some soundproof oh my roof. God. I know, and I'm like, Stuby, you just accused your wife of trying to have you whacked, and he didn't deny it. So I don't know. I don't know. But I will just, tell you what. I tell you what. I saw Stuby, and I call him Wolverine at this point. Yeah. He heals. He heals like a superhuman. Yeah, he is a, walking around looking like a million bucks, like nothing happens. No, God I, bless him. He made it that, okay. Uh, he looks like a million bucks, but he should lower that life insurance to a half a million bucks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff, Wes. We'll do it again <laughs> soon, brother. Be well, yeah, my man. Thank you very much. See you soon. Time. You too, sir. Of course. The great Wesley Hunt, 38th Congressional District of Texas. He's, listen, this is the part that he said that does matter. Okay, this is a Republican primary. It's going to be really, really hard for anybody but Trump to win. I'm not saying it can't happen because most of the people who I think would beat him or could potentially beat him aren't in the race yet. You know, they're not standing toe-to-toe in that ring, and you don't make a real comparison until you see the two people square off against each other, you know. But, you know, the reality is he is riding a wave of massive popularity and does also carry this mantle of persecution. Okay, they never stop going after the guy. Okay, he's been impeached twice, dude, and they didn't get it. You know, they've had the whole, we're going to get his tax returns. Didn't happen. This Manhattan district attorney, this is garbage. Okay, Bill Barr says Trump's going to get indicted for other things, though. Could be the documents, could be Georgia. That's what Bill Barr came through and said. This guy will say anything. And Trump is no fan of Bill Barr. But my biggest question is, and that's why I asked Wesley Hunt, is he thinks enough Democrats will either not vote Trump or stay home 
if faced with the possibility of having to support Biden for four more years. And maybe that is the answer. You know, a lot of Republicans and a lot of people would tell you Trump's the only Republican Biden can beat because you can run against the fact that enough people in this country hate Trump that they could suck it up and vote for Biden. Now, that happened in 2020. Nobody voted for Biden. Okay, nobody. Nobody went to the polls and said, this guy knows what he's doing. Come on, man. No, no, they didn't vote for Biden. They voted against Trump because the media ran Biden's campaign for him. The media ran against Trump. So there's a real possibility that the people who voted against Trump the first time might be at their wits end. Does it rise to the level of Trump being able to win a general election? I don't honestly know, because if he continues to get indicted, there's enough of a distraction fatigue that will drive a lot of independence away as well. But the one thing I can tell you is whoever, whoever enters this race next, could be DeSantis, could be my man Tim Scott. Okay, we're hearing Pompeo talk and, you know, people are talking about Chris Christie getting into the race. There's a slob. There's a real slob. I'll behave. But the point is, whoever gets into this race from here uh, at a time where Trump is a caged lion from a legal standpoint, it's going to be a really ugly primary. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A little bit of a television night coming up. I will be on the bottom line with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy tonight in the 6 p.m. hour. Then at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard, I am doing a live studio audience show with Sean Hannity. You can check that out. Uh, Tomorrow night, Ingram Angle. Wednesday and Thursday, I am hosting Kennedy on the Fox Business Network, the woman who gave me my start right here on the channel. And uh, Wednesday and Thursday, I'll also be in studio with Sean Hannity. And Friday, I will be on Waters World with Jesse Waters. So some fail vision to go round if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, but right now, as we put a bow on this episode, just a lot of craziness going on in the world. We're waiting for an update from authorities down in Louisville where we had a horrible shooting. Uh, took the life of four victims, uh, up to eight people being treated in hospitals. The victim itself dead. Uh, from what we know, it was a, either a current or former worker at that bank. We don't have more information, but what we do have is restraint on days like today. We did not devote our entire day to politicizing the shooting because I say this every day. We don't need uh, more political jousting. We really just need more people that, you know, I don't know, have some decency. You know, I always say on the show, like, be Republican, be a Democrat, don't be a, you know, expletive. But that really is the superpower of this show. You make better decisions. You make more progress when people are cool. So remember in Pulp Fiction when uh, the guy's trying to rob the restaurant with Honey Bunny and Sam Jackson picks them off and he keeps telling the guy, you know, to get his woman under control. He's like, say, be cool, bitch. that whole thing. <laughs> say it. Tell her. Say, be cool. You know, that whole thing. Okay, that's where we are in this country. We need people to just be cool more than anything. So if you were cool for the past three hours, take a bow, man. You're a part of the solution uh, in this instance. Uh, But we'll be getting into all of those divisive issues 
uh, somewhere on the television tonight, and I'll try to keep the vibe light because that's my little, you know, it's my little campaign contribution to this country. If it all comes down to, you know, a community college guy like me who spent most of his adult life driving a cab, I'm not going to save us from a policy standpoint, from an intellectual standpoint, but I might be able to save us by getting on TV and making a few more balloon animals, you know, doing a couple more card tricks and keeping the vibe light. That's really all I can offer you in a moment like the one we're in right now. Uh, And a little perspective, having lived through a few of these vicious news cycles, is that a lot of the feeling you have on a day like today, that cutthroat partisan, let's kill the other guy type of mentality, does dissipate uh, as these stories wash back out of the news. So don't go crazy out there. Go out tonight, have a beer. Maybe not a Bud Light. I know people are a little worked up about that, too. I can't even tell you to go have a beer anymore without being mindful of my words. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know. Maybe have a whiskey. I don't know that we have anybody politicizing our whiskey today or if I don't know what to tell you or drink a soda if that's what you're into. But the point is you're in the fun business, man. If you die tomorrow, doesn't matter what it says on your W-2. The only thing that matters is that you went out, you had a good time. That's the business you were in. You would have wished you enjoyed yourself more. So take an advance on that dying wisdom you will accrue and go live it up. Uh, The show is over. Pay up. Get out. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. I don't care. Just don't be a... The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.